0: In a secret underground complex, two scientists are conducting a study on the verge of breakthrough in human intelligence research. We've given the subject every intelligent quotient test, and he scored off the charts, Dr. Savos. We may have just stumbled upon the most intelligent human being who has ever lived. It is indeed exciting, Dr. Rajid. Now we just have to administer the
1: final test. The emotional intelligence exam. Oh, what
0: a time to be alive, Doctor Savos.
1: Twenty twenty one hit different, Doctor Rajid. In the name of science, I am
0: ready, Doctor Savos.
1: Then let us proceed, Doctor Rajid.
0: After you, Doctor Savos. You
1: first, Doctor Rajid. All my
0: single ladies first, Doctor Savos. Scared money
1: don't make money.
0: Hey, can you guys hurry with this last part? I gotta run to Costco soon. My cousin says they're almost out of rotisserie chicken, Doctor Savos. The excitement has my hands trembling. I can hardly turn the knob on the door. I
1: feel it also, Dr. Rajid. My knees are jerking and my legs are twerking. Hey, guys,
0: I really have to get out of here soon, so could you speed it up a bit? Dr. Savos, do you realize if we administer this emotional intelligence exam to the subject and he scores even close to the other intelligence... Okay, guys, you're kind of forcing my hand now. Dr. Rajid.
1: we will win the Nobel Prize, the Wolf Prize, and the Breakthrough Prize.
0: Listen, I got to be honest with you. I kind of did the B, C, B, A, B, C, D, multiple choice thing. Dr. Savos, this will be the greatest achievement in life sciences this century. You guys really have no idea how to read the room, do you? I'm not really that smart. Just really lucky, I guess.
1: Dr. Rajid, we could run away with the Turing Prize, Fields Medal, and ABLE Prize also.
0: Okay, you, you guys are not getting it. I guessed on the test. I'm practically an idiot just for coming in here and doing that, but I gotta admit that Amazon Moonbuck's gift card you were offering, pretty tempting. Dr. Savos, let's make haste. A great achievement is waiting. Dr. Rajid, yes. Now you guys come out. Costco's probably out of rotisserie chickens now. Okay, give me the test. And here is your final exam, young man. All right. B C B. Look at the speed
1: of his brain activity, Dr. Rajiv, and his sheer brilliance mm, in how Dr. Savos,
0: his ability to rationalize thought patterns of systematic structures is astounding. I'll mark that E. That's a throwaway. The rest, back to BCBABCD, and done. Dr.
1: Rajit, do I'll check the answers.
0: Doing that to so My goodness! Dr. Savos, he did it, didn't Dr. he?
1: Dr. Rajit, he scored 99 out of 100 yeah, answers correctly!
0: Well, you guys are complete idiots. I can clearly see that, and I'm a lifelong idiot underachiever. Dr. Savos, Nobel Prize Wolf Prize Breakthrough Prize I'm out of here guys Thanks for the gift card I'll get you an extra chicken at Costco If there's a couple left
1: Dr. Rajid, Our work will be internationally renowned Speaking engagements TED Talks TV appearances Documentaries And we'll finally Dr. sabos
0: We'll be able to afford that underground compound We've always wanted Idiots You guys are already in one And two complete idiots find out who the smartest person in the room actually is. Can you read a room?
1: Do you know how to identify who the smartest person in the room even is? Today's episode is a lesson on these valuable networking skills, teaching you how to read the energy in a room as you enter and before you speak.
0: Testing. Testing, check. Design your decade an interactive podcast for the modern professional.
1: Welcome to your journey to the season. Welcome to another episode of the DYD Podcast, your mini masterclass in career building greatness. I'm Roseanne Santos, bilingual keynote speaker, certified Gallup Strengths Coach, executive trainer, and before you enter that room, read the temperature. It may not be as warm as you think. And I'm Rio
0: Rocket, motivational speaker, marketing and brand strategist, actor, entrepreneur, and the the smartest person in the room may not always be who you think do you know how to tell who's the smartest person in the room i'll start by asking a seemingly unrelated question who wins in a race between a cheetah a human a horse and a wolf and let's assume all of these participants are healthy and physically able to run a race most people would believe the cheetah would win the race since we were taught that cheetah is the fastest animal but that's not entirely true We didn't set a distance or any conditions for this race, which could be anything. It could happen anywhere, anytime, and any place over any distance. The cheetah only wins the race if it's a short sprint of maybe 100 meters. Cheetahs have limited stamina and poor endurance. They're not built for long distances. Let's say it's a long distance race. If the temperature is really low and it's cold, the wolf wins, followed by the horse, the human third, And the cheetah last. If the temperature is high and it's hot, the human wins. Yes, that's right. The human wins. The horse comes in second. The wolf third. And the cheetah last. So if you want to predict the outcome of a race between these participants, you have to read the temperature first. The temperature and energy greatly affects the outcome. How do you identify the smartest person in the room? Well, it depends on what you consider smart and what type of room you're in the temperature and energy of the room means everything is the smartest person. The one who is the wittiest, the funniest has the most book knowledge speaks, most educated or knows more about the subject of the event in which the room is hosted for someone can say one smart thing around you, then walk away and everything else they say is a disaster. A person can also be just witty or funny. Maybe they tell really good stories, but it isn't smart to tell jokes at a funeral or a wake, right? Is it just charm? Some people speak really well. They have perfect diction, although by examination, they're not saying anything brilliant. This is how Americans perceive a British accent, by the way. Speaking the king's English sounds hella intelligent, even if you're not saying much. Diphthongs, triphthongs, double and triple vowel sounds, and iambic pentameter Patterns in which Shakespeare wrote, all sound very pleasing to our ears and senses. But let's put British accents aside. The smartest person in the room is probably a combination of all these things I mentioned, excluding the accent. So we have funny, witty, book smarts, industry or subject knowledge, diction, and charm. It's the person or people who have a little bit of every component in which they may be perceived as smart, Whether they're actually smart or not doesn't matter. Perception is everything. Also, a smart person knows how to adjust their level of smartness to the room. You won't speak to a group of elementary school children the way you would to a room full of PhDs and vice versa. Intelligence is always in flux. The smartest person in the room is the person who knows how smart the room actually is.
1: In a high IQ job pool, soft skills like discipline, drive, and empathy Mark those who emerge as outstanding, Daniel Goleman. Everything real talked about goes back to a concept known as emotional intelligence. You will hear it called EI or sometimes EQ as in IQ but about your emotions. Daniel Goleman, an author, science journalist and Harvard PhD, popularized the concept in his 1995 book of the same name. Emotional intelligence is the capacity to be aware of, control, and express one's emotions, and to handle interpersonal relationships judiciously and empathetically. In Goldman's long-term research, he has found that EQ will always be out IQ. There is no correlation between a high IQ and career success. Emotional intelligence, however, is about how well you manage yourself. Do you have a positive or negative outlook? Can you move forward in spite of obstacles? Goldman argues that the competencies that matter for success all have a high EQ. Qualities like persistence, positivity, communication, influence, persuasion, cooperation. You get the point. These are all things that allow you to read the energy of a room. Guess what? The higher up the ladder you go, the more EI matters. So let's take a deeper dive into what makes up emotional intelligence. According to Goldman, there are four domains. First, there is self-awareness, which means you know your inner state. Essentially, how well do you know yourself? Do you truly understand the reaction you elicit from others? Leadership's first commandment is know thyself. Second is self-management or the control over your inner state and the ability to improve yourself and your behaviors. Third is social awareness, also known as empathy, which means you have the ability to tune into other people's inner states. And finally, there is relationship management, which is someone who makes time for relationships that are important to them. Star performers have all four of these. And guess what else? These can all be learned. I know there is debate about whether or not leadership can be learned, but that's for another episode. But emotional intelligence is learned and learnable. If you're motivated, you know what that
0: sound means.
1: Top five situations that require high emotional intelligence. The weekly staff meeting where saying the wrong thing at the wrong time can make for a bad week and a bad progress report.
0: A TV film or stage play rehearsal where stepping on your co-stars lines or telling them how to play their part is no bueno.
1: The company holiday party. Drinking too much, bad jokes, bad decisions, and bad acts can throw away an entire year of good work and create a new year of awkwardness in the office.
0: Any networking event. You can either leave the room with 20 new friends or 100 new enemies.
1: Waiting online at the supermarket to pay. You're next, but you're behind a family of screaming kids and frazzled parents. You can either lose it and come off like a jerk or be patient and maybe help make the kids laugh.
0: It's not just enough to read the temperature of a room. If you're going to thrive in that room, you have to be able to adapt to it. Everything comes back to adaptability. Goldfish and their wildlife relatives, the Crucian Carb, survive months of winter in frozen ponds and lakes of oxygen-free water every year. They have a genetic mutation that enables them to convert excess lactic acid into ethanol and flush it out their gills. Their blood alcohol levels reach more than 50 milligrams per 100 milliliters, By breaking down a unique protein in their muscles that enable them to survive without oxygen. In nature, adaptability is the difference between life and death. To us, success and failure can often feel just the same. Adaptability lets you do things you normally would not be expected to do. Just like the goldfish. Like learning to work out in a gym with a mask on or shop at a grocery store that no longer has plastic bags. I once had an injury to my right arm. That completely incapacitated it for weeks. I learned to use my left arm for everything. And even though I'm ambidextrous. It was still difficult. Because I'm right dominant. So using my left. For even basic things like brushing my teeth. Was a challenge. Try using a computer mouse with your left hand suddenly. It's like having to walk on your hands all day. But I got used to it. I adapted to it. And eventually I was able to use my right again. When you go into enough rooms. You learn to read them fast, but there will always be rooms you've never been in, so you'll have to take your time and use your powers of observation to really measure the demeanor and personalities of the people in that room. Just make sure you read it correctly before you proceed to do what you came for. Networking involves human interaction, which is such a dynamic subject. We couldn't cover everything about human interaction with a hundred episodes, but a few quick tips I can give you about adaptability is Lesson 1 that we already went over in Episode 14, Remember Names. And Lesson 2, Mirror Your Posture to the person you're interacting with to build rapport. If you want to build rapport or gain someone's trust quickly, just match their body posture and position. If they're very upright, then mimic their posture. If they're super relaxed, do the same. Don't make it obvious that you're doing it. That's weird. Just be as upright or relaxed as the person you're interacting with. Be natural about it and focus on making a deep human connection. Address them often by their name during the conversation. Exchange information and leave them something you want them to remember you by. This could include your contact information for future follow-up. Once you get really good with this, pretty soon you'll find the temperature and energy of the room adapting to yours, where your energy now commands the room.
1: What emotional intelligence allows you to do is read the room. Others call it reading between the lines or picking up on social cues. However you describe it, it is an essential workplace skill. No one really works in isolation anymore. Perhaps there are a few jobs here and there that require me, myself, and I. But in today's global markets, intentionally and sincerely trying to understand those around you and how and what makes them tick builds trust. Without trust, it is really hard to get things done at work, in life, period. If you think for a moment about emotional intelligence, do you have the self-awareness to understand your effect on others? How do people respond to you? Take the example of telling jokes. We have all experienced the awkwardness of when a joke lands poorly or the timing is off or is just straight up offensive. Humor is very tricky. It is an important aspect of relationship building and it's a great way to break the ice. But if there is the slightest impropriety, you're screwed. Maybe it's not a great idea to tell a joke about women belonging in the home when you're at a conference and you're sitting at a table with potential clients who happen to be women. Or, as happened to me not too long ago, when I attended a parent tour at an elite private school a couple of months ago that I am considering for my son. When I asked the tour guide about diversity, she went straight to a situation where two students made accusations about racism. She then proceeded to say, obviously we are not biased because they got full scholarships to come here. (sighs) Her tone was tense and revealed a how dare they attitude. Listen, just because you gave those children financial aid doesn't mean you get the right to create a hostile environment. She, my friends, was clueless about the room. Like EI, reading a room can be learned. Here are some strategies to help you. Observe and pay close attention to people's expressions, seating choices, and behaviors. You cannot rely solely on what comes out of people's mouths. Robo-communication is important, and you should be listening. But sometimes, in high-pressure environments, people say what they need to in order to survive. Body language is far more telling, so keep your eyes open, scan the room for tells, and adjust as necessary. What do you think a poker face is all about? Next. I know it is cliche, but true nonetheless. You have two ears and one mouth. Listen more than you talk. If you're talking, you can't observe. And if you're not observing, your mouth will betray you. If you are listening to respond, then you aren't really listening. Stay engaged by making eye contact or asking questions. When it's your time to speak, paraphrase what you heard and then move forward. This is a sign to the people you are speaking to that you are listening respectfully and intentionally. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. What I am saying is, don't get caught up in the energy of toxic or negative spaces. And don't take things personally. Check your emotions and always remain professional. And never, ever, never, never, ever let your behavior come into question. It's bad for business. It's bad for your rep. If you happen to make a presentation, for example, you may notice a colleague react with a bad poker face in a way that could be rude or indicate disagreement. Someone with a low EQ would get defensive or gossip about this person's reaction after the meeting. Instead, be the bigger person and consider a one-on-one conversation. Rio, I noticed you seemed uncomfortable with my recommendations. I would really like to hear your point of view. The team's feedback is important to me. This shows a high EQ and excellent reading-the-room skills. If things take a turn, consider taking the lead and you shift the tone of the room or conversation. Turn on the empathy and positivity. If you are confident about your abilities, use humor or find an ally in the room who has some social capital. If you are making a presentation and interest is waning, don't take it personally and please check your ego. Skip a few slides, get the audience engaged in what you are discussing, and even go out on a limb and ask others their thoughts on the content. Get feedback. Ask, would anyone here do this differently? Why or why not? Former chairman and CEO of General Electric, Jack Welch, once said, No doubt emotional intelligence is more rare than book smarts, but my experience says it is actually more important in the making of a leader. You just can't ignore it. And this is coming from one of the most successful businessmen in American history. So what are you waiting for? Get it together and make power moves.
0: That's our health tip of the day. For LinkedIn services to boost that LinkedIn profile, executive coaching for those in corporate structures, or creative coaching for those in creative fields, contact us at coaching at designyourdecade.io. For podcast-related correspondence, contact us at podcast at designyourdecade.io. And we'd love for you to rate our podcast, subscribe, and share on your favorite podcasting platform.
1: Dr. Rajiv, when can we
0: bring in the next subject? Let's bring in the next subject now, Dr. Savills. Guys, I got two extra rotisserie chickens from Costco. Science will have to wait, Dr. Savills. Box it's not gonna beat on you. It's not, it's not gonna beat on me. You do a good job yourself for doing that to yourself so we don't have to work too hard. God, I love that song. <laughs> Moonbox.